Hear the word of the Lord from Luke 2, 21 through 38. When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he, wait a minute, am I messing this up? No, it's not. <laughs> when the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. And when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were finished, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother, Mary, indeed, this child is destined to cause the rise and fall of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple, serving God day and night with fasting and prayers, at that very moment, she came up and began to thank God to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Hear the word of the Lord from Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Good morning. Is this thing working? Yes. All right, y'all can hear me. If I get too loud, tell me to tone down a little bit. Last time I preached was three years ago. We were in the parking lot over there on Ray Street. We were in the middle of COVID. And Will and Caleb both faked getting COVID in the same week. <laughs> and I, on, on Thursday, Will called and said, hey, you got to preach on Sunday. And I said, okay. And so uh, three years later, they're giving me another chance. And uh, <laughs> uh, we'll try to make through this thing together. And um, for y'all, if any, if any of you are visitors, um, I am not the normal guy. Will, Will is a much better preacher than me. And um, I'll just say that please don't 
based your view of Reconciled Church on me <laughs> as the preacher, okay? Because I'm, I'm not well qualified other than I've been a believer for a long time and I love the Lord Jesus and I want to keep growing and I hope we'll grow together here this morning. And I'll be honest with you, the thing that I'm going to talk about is something that I struggle with. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I have experienced the things that I'm going to, we're going to be talking about today, but I, I want to experience them. And I, hope, and, I, and I hope that as I have prepared some, that, that the Lord has, has worked in my heart some and has shown me some things. And so I hope that we will we'll get through this together and that the Lord will bless us and he'll teach us all today. I had to read the story about Simeon and about Anna. And then we read the passage from Ephesians about all the ones. And the one that I picked out today for us to talk about is the one that is the, the, we're called to one hope at your calling as part of Ephesians 4, 4. And I have been, I've been, I was reading, we were reading this uh, verse in, in an elders meeting uh, a couple of months ago and I said, that's what I want to talk about is one hope. And I'm, um, then, then later, since then, I was reading this story about Simeon and Anna just in, in my quiet time, and I thought, now those are two people that had hope. Uh, Simeon, um, the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he wouldn't, he wouldn't die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And somehow the Spirit revealed to him that Jesus, the baby Jesus, who was probably, I don't know, he's probably less than a few months old, was going to be there that day. And when and, and, and I, the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon, my Messiah is going to be there today. And Simeon went in and spoke those amazing words to Mary and Joseph. And then this lady, Anna. Oh yeah, and also Simeon said, Lord, you can take me now. I've seen the Messiah. I'm ready to go. You can take me. And then the lady, Anna, was there as well. And she heard Simeon, I think. She had, been, she had been serving in the temple for 84 years, fasting and praying and serving others. Her husband had died just after seven years. And I thought, what, what in the world keeps Anna going? Um, and, and, I, and I think it's her hope, her hope in the Messiah, that the Messiah was coming. And I'm, I, I, if you know me, I struggle with hope. Now, Mr. Mr. Tom Dudley there, I like hanging out with him because he's got a lot of hope. And every time I'm with him, I say, man, he's got some stuff that I want. But I struggle with hope. And I, and I, and I actually, that's, that's what I want to grow in. I want to, I want to be a more hopeful person. But the scripture says there's, there's really only one hope. And, you know, Nadia, my little granddaughter, I think she nailed it this morning, Jesus. Jesus is our hope. And we're going to see that Jesus is our hope. And we, we all know that. But the reality is sometimes we don't live like Jesus is our hope. We, we, we look around and we start putting our hope in other stuff. And so let's, let's, let's try to look through, the, through this together and see what the Lord will teach us today. What, what is hope? Um, I hope so. We say that a lot. I hope so. Somebody will talk about, are you going to do this or is this going to happen? We'll say, I hope so. Um, 
is, is we want something to happen or to be true. Webster says it's a desire accompanied by expectation or belief that something is going to happen. Um, it's, it's like we are, we are looking off into the future and we, we are saying, I want that. I, I, want, I want this thing or I want this to happen. And so we say, I, yes, I really hope that's going to happen. The opposite of hope is despair. When a, when a person is hopeless, they, just, they, they, don't have, they don't have life in them. And I thought, you know, what, probably what we, what we hope, uh, hope is kind of goes along with life. If we, the things that we really hope for is the things that we're living for. You know, I can, go to, I can go to work all day and do my job, and I might even be able to do it well. But if, it's, if something else is in the back of my mind that I'm, I've got to do later on that I'm really looking, looking to or worried about or something, that's really what I'm living for that day. I'm, yeah, I'm doing my job, and I'm getting paid for it, but if, 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 the, if, the, if I've got to do a, 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 a job at home or if there's a big event coming and I'm thinking about it, maybe I'm preaching a sermon the next Sunday and I'm thinking, oh, no. you know, that's, what's, that's, that's the thing that that's, that, that's what I'm really living for that day is that thing that's in my mind that's got me, you, you know, going around and around and, and I'll be glad when that happens or I'll be glad when it's over. That's, that's sort of what I'm living for that day. And, and hope is good. Hope is a hope is a is a is a good motivator for us. I think that's that's how we get things done. Is that we we have a we have something that we're looking, trying to do. We we're, we're trying to accomplish, and we work hard at it because we're, our hope is is in that. And as a as a kid, I can I can really remember hoping that school would be over. That, that was that's what I lived for throughout most of the year. Man, I'm, I'll be glad when summer is here. And I don't have to go to school anymore. And, you know, we also, as kids, we really look forward to Christmas. We see all these presents under the tree. And we just can't wait to get into them and find out, you know, what's in there for us. Or our birthday. Or, or we, we want something special that we are asking our parents for over and over again. We really hope we get it. Um, as we get older, we... we you know, usually in, if we go to college, sometimes we, we, we're hoping to finish high school and get a job, or maybe we're going to college and, we, and we, we have a desire for maybe some kind of career. Well, of course, we hope we graduate, but we, we have a career. We, get, we, we start hoping for a promotion. Um, we start, you know, of course, we want money. We hope to, hope to have some money one day. Uh, all of us do. We... Uh, after we work a little while, we start hoping for retirement. You know, we look, start looking forward to that. And uh, um, a lot of people, most people, hope to get married. Uh, most, most married folks have, hope to have children. Us older folks, we hope to have grandchildren, you know. And uh, we, we, hope to have a, we hope to have a nice place to live one day. And then when we get it, we want to we wanna do some kind of improvements to it. My wife likes to watch home improvement shows, and uh, thankfully she doesn't she doesn't do anything that she sees on TV. But uh, I'm amazed at the hope those people put into those home improvements. And it's like when they get it, oh, this is so wonderful! And it's like, uh, you know, okay, whatever. You know, what I hope in what I hope in are is my ball team. That's my problem. I I put. I like sports, 
And uh, I like, there's a, there's a team in, in London, England called the Arsenal Gunners, and they're my, they're my hope. But they, they're not my joy. You know, they, they, uh, they, they disappoint me over and over and over again every year. But even this year, my, my, my second most favorite team is the Georgia Bulldogs. And they've, they've won the national championship two years in a row. But, you know, it's, that, that hope's gone. That's, that's finished now. We've got to go. We, we, need, we need something else this coming year. People put hope in their country. If you, if you want to get somebody worked up, start talking about the different political things going on. People put hope in their country. Um, we can put hope in our, in our spouse. We can put hope in our children. We can put hope in our pastor. I've, I've wrongly concluded I put too much hope in Will. I say, I say, Will, if you leave, we'll just put a big for sale sign up in front of this church. <laughs> and, but that's not right. I'm putting my hope in him. This is Jesus' church. Will's a wonderful pastor, and I appreciate him a lot. But if, 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 if the Lord calls Will somewhere else, what are we going to do? Are we going to all quit and go home? I, ho I hope not. I hope, I, I hope the Lord will help us move forward. We put hope in our health. But we're all going to die one day, too. And, and, and so all these things that we see around us, I'm just, I've just listed some, and I've, I'm sure I've missed some big ones. But I'll be honest with you, I have most of this stuff on here, I've, at some point in my life, I've had. And you know what? I've learned that none of this stuff really satisfies. We can get what we hope for over and over and over again, but guess what? It doesn't, it doesn't satisfy us. And I see especially the older folks nodding their head. When you're, young, you, when you're young, you want to accomplish these things. But after you get them, you realize, hey, I just want the next thing now. I just need the next thing to, to satisfy me. I had a friend, a missionary friend, who would tell me I, he, he would prepare to do seminars. And he would work hard at getting them ready. And... Uh, he would go off and do them. He, he, spoke, he, spoke two, he spoke two different African languages, and so he had to really work hard at getting the, just learning all the words that he needed to say. But he said he would get so depressed after, after they were over. He would put all this work into it. They might go well, but then he would come back home and he would have a big letdown. So even, even if we hope in good things and we see them accomplished, oftentimes we, we feel we, we're, we're not... We're not we're not filled up with, with the, the joy and the satisfaction that we, we think that we should have. Um, one definition I saw that in the Bible, hope is the confident expectation and assurance that what God has promised is going to come to pass. And its strength is in His faithfulness. The Bible speaks of a hope that is unseen, and won't disappoint us. And we're going to look, in, we're going to look at a lot of different Bible verses now and see, um, see what this hope is. Um, can I, have, the, can I have, have my first Bible verse up there on the, on the slide? All right, 1 Timothy 1.1 says, starting off the book of Timothy, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior, and Christ Jesus our hope. Jesus, Jesus is our hope. 
Colossians 1, 5 through 6 says, because of the hope reserved for you in heaven, you have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel. Our hope is reserved for us in heaven. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Our hope is living because our Savior, the Lord Jesus, died on the cross for us. But he is no, he's not in the grave any longer. He rose from the dead. And that is, that is the one thing unique about all the religions of the world. Christianity is based on someone who has died but is risen from the dead. All these other, all these other leaders who have started other religions have died, except the ones that haven't died yet, and they're still in the grave. We have a living hope. He, he lived a perfect life, and then he died for our sins, and then he rose again from the dead. And he said, the night before he was going to die, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I can remember when my mom was dying. I came, we, Allison and I came back from Africa and lived with her while she was, while she was di- dying and going to heaven. She, she had lost her, she didn't have a good mind anymore. She had cancer. And we prayed with her a lot. We sang hymns with her a lot. And she would, she would always thank the Lord that he was preparing a place for her. Our, our living Savior, who died for us, has also gone to heaven and is preparing a place for us there. <clears throat> Titus 2, 11 through 13. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godliness and worldly lust, and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the the glory of our great great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ. Christ coming back to get us is our hope. He's promised he's, gonna, he's going to prepare a place for us. He's promised I'm going to come back and get you and take you to be with me. That where I am, there you will, you will also be and we'll be there with him forever. That, that is our hope. Christ's return. Our, our going to be with Jesus and seeing him as our hope. Uh, let's go to Philippians chapter uh, 3 slide. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to to subject everything to himself. Uh, Simeon and Anna, in the story, they they were, especially Simeon, he was eagerly awaiting the Messiah. And here we're told that we that our citizenship isn't here on earth. We're, we're, Peter talks about us being aliens here on earth. Uh, 
Paul, in, here in, in the book of Philippians, doesn't talk about him as being a citizen of Rome or a citizen of the United States. As believers in Christ, we have another home. Our citizenship is up in heaven. And we, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there. I wonder, I wonder how much we really, we really eagerly wait for a Savior from there. Is that, is that it, it, the things that you hope in, you talk about. And um, if, if, if Arsenal had won the Premier League this year, I'd be, I'd, I'd be talking about them a lot more. But, th- but they didn't. They, uh, they, were, they were leading the whole season up until the last month. Then they really disappointed me. And uh, <laughs> I only talk about them in a negative fashion. But, but if, we, if we were really eagerly awaiting Christ's return, we'd be talking about it. And uh, that's just something. That's just something I don't hear many people talking about. We'll, we'll 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 get to that in a minute, though. And I'll, I'll, I'll there are a few people that talk about it. Um, so we we if if Christ's return was if we were eagerly awaiting it, that would be that would be something that we 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 just talk with each other about. I wonder if he's coming soon. I sure wish he would, because I sure would like to get out of here. You know. <laughs> 1 John 3, 2 through 3. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what will, what will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. When we see Jesus, God's going to transform us into his image. Romans 8 says that God has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his Son. If we have trusted in Jesus and he's our Savior, one day he's going to take our body and make it into a body like his. And I guarantee you, the older you get, the more you you look forward to that. Uh, When you're young, you, you you, you think things are going well and that your body's going to always work good. But the older you get, the, the, the more and more it works less and less. And uh, it's going to be wonderful one day when we see Jesus, he's going, to take our, take, he's going to take our body and give us a body like his own. Um, those that have this hope purifies himself just as Jesus was pure. So our hope in, in Jesus, our hope in his return, our hope in being like him will change how we live. If, we truly, if we're truly looking forward to seeing Jesus and being transformed into his likeness, we'll work on our, our lives here on this earth and seek to be more pure just as, as he is pure. So, so what is our hope? It's Jesus. He's a living hope. It's a hope reserved in heaven, something we will receive when Jesus returns. He's going to give us a new body. He's going to give us a body uh, like his own. 1 Peter 1.13. There it is, good deal. Therefore, with your, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what we are, 
we're to make a decision in our minds to set our minds on this hope of seeing Jesus one day. I remember um, 10, 12 years ago reading that verse and saying, Lord, I want, I'm going to pray that verse for this year. So I would set my hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I, if I did it, I hadn't, I hadn't kept doing it. But that's something that we, we need to do. I think we need to do it every day. To set our hope completely on what's going to happen to us, the good things that's going to happen to us when Jesus returns and takes us home to be with him. So how do we do it? How do we do that? First of all, what, what's our hope? Seeing Jesus one day. Same as Simeon and Anna. One day we're going to see him, and he's going to change us, and we're going to be with him forever. So, uh, Romans 15, 4. For whatever was written in the past was written for your instruction, so that we may have hope through endur endurance and through the encouragement from the Scriptures. How do, we have, how, do we, how do we have hope? Well, we, we read our Bible. The Bible has the truth in it. Um, sadly, we are bombarded with lies every day about what will give you hope, what will give you life. You just watch TV for five seconds and you'll see ten different things that they offer, that, that they say will give you hope, that will satisfy your soul. And if you listen to the news, you'll be bombarded with bad news. All the terrible things going on here in our country and all around the world. If, you, if, you, if, if that's all we fill our minds up with, I promise you we will not have hope. How do we, where do we get the truth? We, we get it from the, the scripture. And we get it from coming to church on Sunday and hearing we'll preach. And we get it from fellowshipping with each other and talking about the truth with each other. But we need to be reading our Bibles. We need, me and my wife read our Bible together every morning. And usually, 99 times out of 10, when, when we're finished, I am full of hope. But you know, by 10 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> something's happened. And, and honestly, what I need to do and what I want to do is, 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 is learn. I mean, Will has told us this, this office thing that he talks about. It's, 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 not, the, it's not the TV show, but it's some, some word that Christians came up with sometime back, in the, back during the years of, of, of stopping throughout the day and, and, and reading a little scripture and praying. Uh, if, we, if we're dependent on just coming to church, to hear the truth on, one, the, on Sunday, it's not, it's not going to work. If we pick up our Bible just occasionally through the week, um, the, the world's going to win. The, the news of, of what's going on in the world is going is to hold us back. Uh, we, need to be, we, we need to be in God's Word daily. And we need to be meditating on it throughout the day. And we need to be we need to have some flashcards or something, or your phone. I don't, people don't, y'all don't even know what a flashcard is. <laughs> a little three-by-five card with memory verses on it. We need to keep those things in our pocket. 
I guess I guess I guess we got phones now, but I, I can't take, I can't figure it out. We need we need to be in the Bible. If we if we want to have hope, we need to be reading our Bibles and thinking about what it says and meditating on the truth of what it says. Uh, Romans Romans chapter five. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also have obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we boast, or some, or some uh, translations say rejoice, in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast or rejoice in our afflictions because we know that afflictions produce endurance. Endurance produces proven character. And, pr and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Bible talks about troubles, afflictions, trials, a lot. It promises us that we're going to have them. And it tells us most of the time to be thankful for them. Here it says to boast about them. Uh, James, it talks about having, having joy in trials. And that, that is not me. A, a, tr a trial, something I, you know, messing with my plans. You know, if I, I got my day planned out, you start messing with it. You know, if you have a flat tire or uh, something comes up, somebody counsels on you and it kind of messes things up for the whole day. Uh, I'm... I'm not rejoicing in that. I'm not thankful for it. I'm not boasting about it. I'm unhappy about it. And, uh, but the scripture says that, first of all, that we should do it. We should be thankful for it. And that as we do it, it produces endurance. Instead of quitting and stopping, we, we keep going. Now I'm going to keep going. And as we do that, that produces good character in us. And then that produces hope. How does, I, how does it produce hope? Well, I, as I thought about this, I, what I think it does, and what it should do, it should help us recognize that this, this world is not, is not going to give us hope. So instead of putting our hope in, a, in having a, a smooth day with no troubles, it, it, should, it should say, hey, hey, John, this world isn't your home. Your real, hope is, your real hope is in heaven. Get your mind off of your plan for the day. Get your mind off of whatever you wanted to do today. God's got another plan for you today. Your real hope is in heaven. Um, so... Having trials, having joy or rejoicing in them, producing endurance, producing character, producing hope. If, if, if we give up, we're going to miss out on what God, the good thing God has for us. God planned it, and he wants us to have hope. He wants us to have hope in, in the one hope that he has called us to. Um, Romans 8 uh, Will talked about this passage last week. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time 
are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself would be set free from the bondage to decay and to the glorious freedom of God's children. God has frustrated all of creation because of our sin. And he's the one, he's the one that, he's, he's the one that, that um, allows our days to, to, don't, to not go the way we want them to go. It's, it's him. He's, he's, he's doing it. And why is he doing it? Because he, he wants all of its creation to be set free from this bondage to decay into, into the glorious freedom that we should experience, that, he, that we, he wants us to experience. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. All of creation is. Not only that, but we ourselves, who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies, Here's that eagerly waiting again. Now in this hope we were saved, but hope that is not seen is not hope. Because who hopes for what they see? We do, I do. Who hopes for what they see? Now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. Paul's saying, Paul saying hey, this is obvious. This is all this stuff you see. You shouldn't, you shouldn't put your hope in it. It's not going to... It's like, don't you know already that this world is not going to satisfy you? Um, eagerly awaiting for adoption. Eagerly waiting when, uh, you know, we're, we're Christ's children or God's children. He's adopted us into his family. But uh, we, are, we haven't experienced it all yet. Um, one day, uh, th- th- it's our hope that God is going to complete the, the work. He's going to take us to be with him. Our adoption is going to be completed. And we, and we should hope and eagerly wait for it with patience. And the hope that is seen is not real hope. This hope that the world, everything that we see in the world is not, is, is not going to satisfy us. We've, we've talked about that already. The hope that is unseen is the one that will not disappoint us. The, the hope of being with God, being adopted, fully adopted, being transformed into his likeness. So suffering, afflictions, trials are just part of of what we are going to experience here on this earth. And we work real hard not to do that, but, but it's guaranteed to happen. And so how do we respond to it? Do we respond with, God doesn't love me anymore. Everything's bad. Or do we respond with, thank you, Father. Thank you that you're showing me that my hope needs to be up in heaven. And help me to eagerly await for that. I don't think we should go out and look for trouble. I don't think we should uh, um, yeah, just, just not take care of ourselves. Or, I'm going to suffer. No, we should live life 
and we should try to take care of ourselves, take care of our families, but, it, but we can't live for that. We can't live for um, making, making, us, making ourselves comfortable all the time and avoiding, all kind, avoiding every, every trouble. Um, this thing of be safe. I got so tired of people telling me to be safe during COVID. It's like, thank you. But, uh, you know, God, God, God doesn't call us to be safe. God calls us to take risk. And, and, and when we take risk, we see God working. And so, uh, don't be safe. Be a risk taker. And expect God to do, do great things. Uh, eagerly wait for your adoption. And, uh, and, put, and, and put your hope in things that are not seen, in the, in the, real, in the real thing that... Uh, God wants us to hope in. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we don't give up. Even though our outward, outer person is, is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an incom- is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You know, me being conformed to the image of of the Lord Jesus is more sure than my getting home safely today from church. These things that are unseen that God has promised are 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 more sure than anything that we can hope for around us. Um, The unseen is eternal. The unseen is more sure than what we can see. The promises of God are are more sure than anything that the world can offer us. You know, we we talk, they they used to say, put your trust in the, uh, in the, um, like the government of the United States honoring their debts. You know, our, our government can't pay its debts. We can't put our trust in the, in the government. And um, the only thing that we can, we can hope in, the only thing that we can truly trust in, the only thing that we can truly live for is the promises that God has made us about those who have put their trust in the Lord Jesus. Uh, 2 Timothy 4, Paul at the end of his life, for I'm, a, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is close. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. If I was sitting in jail, he was about to be uh, executed probably. He said, my life's over with. I finished the race. I fought a good fight. But I've been, I'm entrusted myself to the righteous judge. And I've got reward waiting for me. And he said, it's the same, the same reward that's awaiting me is awaiting for anyone who has loved, who has looked forward to, has earnestly waited on uh, the appearing of the Lord Jesus, his second coming when he returns 
and takes us home. You know, I think about Simeon. He said, Lord, take me. I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen Jesus. I've seen the Messiah. You can take me home now. And, um, and that's the way God wants us to live our lives, longing for his son's appearing. We, if we, and if we do that, we will, it'll change what we do. It'll change how we live. It'll change our attitude toward um, others. Um, my challenge today is to ask you, do you, first of all, do you have, do you have this, this one hope? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you, have you asked Jesus to be your Savior? Have you trusted in Him to forgive you of your sins and to give you eternal life? That's, that's the most important decision we, we, will, we can make in this life is whether I put my trust in Jesus and have this hope that one day He will return and, he's got, and, can, and transform me into His likeness. Have you, have you ever done that? If you, have not, if you have not done that or you have some question about whether you're truly saved, whether you truly have, that, tr- that Jesus is truly preparing a place for you in heaven, please, please come talk to, to someone, to me or someone else, one of, uh, one of the elders at the end of the service about that. And my other challenge is to probably most of the rest of you, you you've trusted in Jesus. You, you, you're secure in the fact that you're sins have been forgiven and that you have eternal life. Um, have you, what, are you, what, what is your hope in this today? What's your hope in this week? It, it's it's going to be a variety of different things and they, it may change from day to day. Um, but what ultimately is our hope? Our ultimate hope is that Jesus is going to come back and get us one day. Or that if we, if, we, if we leave the earth, if we pass away before then, that he's going to be absent from our body is to be with, his, with him, to be present with the Lord. And I know that I need to, I need to repent of some of the things that, I've hoped, that I hope in and, and just turn away from them and say, hey, Lord, I want to I set, set my hope completely on the the grace, the good things that I'm going to be blessed with when the Lord Jesus returns. And if we do that, we won't have to go out and, we may have to go out and look for another job. We'll probably, we'll probably just keep doing the same things that we are doing, except that we'll do them, we'll do them with a different attitude. We'll do them with a, a sense that, hey, you know, my hope is in heaven. I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do what's right whether my boss approves of it or not. If he asks me to do something that is unethical, I'm not going to do it because my home's in heaven and my hope is there. And I'm going to purify myself as Jesus is pure because I want to be pleasing to him when I see him one day. So think about that, think about that in your own life. Are there, are, there, are there things that are too important to you, things that you live for other than the Lord Jesus and seeing him one day? Um, my good old Tracy, he's not here with us today, but he texted me this morning. And he got me thinking about the goodness of God. And I am a blessed man. And uh, I I haven't suffered much in this life. 
but I got I really got depressed when I was in my early late late thirties, early forties. We were in Africa, and uh, I really got depressed, and we had to come home. And my father, my father was a he was a good man, but he was a wicked man, and he did ugly things to me. And I hid him for years, and I didn't talk to people about him. And it, uh, it led to a deep depression. God delivered me from that. He gave me great joy. And I was, I was actually thankful that he allowed me to go through it so that I would trust in him more. I would, I, was, I would have been happy to go through life trusting in myself, working hard, um, being conscientious, being just a, you know, a faithful guy. But God pulled the rug out from under me and helped me to see that I, I really needed him more than anything else. My dear daughter, embraces suffering. And she, and she has brought people into our life that have been such a blessing to us. Jerry, I love you so much. I'm so thankful that you're part of our family. Our daughter Foster Braden, Jeremy and Christy's little daughter for a year, I mean little son, and as a result, we got to know Jeremy and, uh, and Christy. And uh, Jeremy's like a son to me. Braden is right up there with my other grandchildren. I got, I got nine grandchildren here this morning. Five that are adopted and four that aren't. But, they're, but they are here because of, because of pain. Because of, because of difficulty. I told, I, I told Hannah one time, if you ever get another child, I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> and she called us one day, and she said, hey, y'all need to put a for sale sign in front of your house. <laughs> and I thought, hey, y'all, uh, Kirk, had, uh, Kirk had used to try to get jobs with Fleur overseas. So I thought, oh, they got a new job overseas somewhere. They're going to be moving. And she said, I'm about to go pick up your new granddaughter. And uh, we got, that's when Nadia, that day Nadia came into our family. And uh, I didn't, we hadn't moved yet. <laughs> but that, that the, uh, the difficulty and the, and the, and the hardship, the, the pain has brought great blessing to us. And we're, I'm thankful for it. And it really reminds me of what God has done for me. He's adopted me into his family. It's such a blessing to be in the family of God. And he loves us so much. He's not going to put us through. He's going to allow difficulty. But he's not going to put us through more than we can handle. And he's going to bless us with it when we embrace it. And we're going to be, we're going to be greatly blessed. So uh, thank you for putting up with me this morning.